Welcome to the Mind Gym. This is the Pain to Power podcast with Dr. Keith Abloh, where you become the strongest individual you can be. Let's talk a little bit about the past, because I'll tell you, the past gets a bad rap. People say, don't get stuck in the past. They say, don't look back. Uh, People caution to not say that you're a victim of anything that you suffered in the past. But I'll tell you something. The past has all kinds of treasures. If you look behind you, it can inform where you are right now and where you're going as nothing else can. So I don't agree that the past is a trap. I think the past is part of moving forward. What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean. It's not as though if you don't look back, somehow you're going to be free because all you're doing is looking forward. It's not as though your acceleration, your velocity is going to be exponential because you haven't glanced in the rearview mirror. In fact, much to the contrary, a lot of the patterns that could cause trouble today and in the future, are rooted in the past. And it's very important, I think, to be willing to have the strength and the willingness to look at your story and say, what have I not understood from the early chapters in my life story that might still be limiting me in the present moment and that might not only limit me, but trip me up moving forward. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to stop everything and contemplate in silence or in therapy or with a life coach everything that you've been through and catalog it before moving on. No, but the truth is really, truly, that most of us live... Unfortunately, as though, here's the metaphor, as though you opened a book to page 117, you start reading, you read to page, say, 260, and then you try to write the rest of the book. Now, the trouble with that is that the backstory matters. Those first 117 pages or 116 that you didn't look at, they're alive in not only pages 117 through the 267th page or whatever. Uh, But beyond that, they resonate beyond that because one's backstory does determine what's going to unfold in the future. And it is by looking back that you're able to determine what's the strongest way I can move forward. Now, the reason for that is that So much of what we experience when we're younger, whether it be in childhood, adolescence, teen years, young adulthood, or at moments of of significant pain in our lives, is encoded very deeply, very dramatically in our life stories. And because of that, especially during childhood and adolescence and teen years, because of that, Those pages don't just stay where they're bound into the story. They float free and they insert themselves. 
in the ongoing narrative of your life. Every relationship that you have growing up, during your developmental years, even into adulthood, every dramatic relationship, especially if traumatic, especially if painful, especially if extreme, every one of these things colors other relationships moving forward. Now, not every relationship and not for every person irrevocably, but generally speaking, that's the case. And, I, and it's the case for me and it's the case for you because the bottom line is that almost no one can compartmentalize the past to such an extent that it doesn't leak into the present and future. So what am I talking about? Here's the thing. Here's an example. I can't tell you the number of clients I've had who will say I, I, that they can't figure it out. They say, listen, I've had one relationship after another, or even one marriage after another, with essentially the same person. And let's say it's somebody who's very controlling. They keep marrying the same fellow who's very controlling. Not the very same individual. All that, that happens, though. But more often than not, it's a different person, but with the same characteristics. Almost every single time I can trace back in those folks' lives the fact, trace back to their original chapters in their early life story, that they were parented by someone, say, very controlling, and therefore they're reproducing that. They haven't looked at it, and that's my point. They haven't looked at it and come to understand it. And because of that, because they haven't been willing to get into the nitty-gritty, into the complicated pages of their life stories, the painful ones, because of that, they don't get the power to be free of them. And what do they do? They try to go home, metaphorically speaking. So either they try to go home because they end up with one person after another who's controlling, just like one of the folks they grew up with, or they try to run away unconsciously. Without any real conscious intent, they just try to go to the opposite extreme. And so they may find someone who's tremendously dependent again and again and again, very dependent, unable to assert him or herself. Why? Because they don't want to reproduce the past, but they haven't looked at the past. They don't even know why they're doing it. They just know they don't want to do it again. So if you thought of a seesaw, most people either take the same seat that they were in when they grew up, or they rush over to the other side, just as extreme, and they do the opposite. So the seesaw tilts, and they're in the opposite seat, but it's still just as polarized and polarizing and unsatisfactory, when really they need to be in the center, at the fulcrum of the seesaw. That's the bottom line. They, they need to be able to look at where they were And what they took from that experience and feel all the feelings that were part of those years. And then say, yeah, well, that happened then. And now I've processed it and I feel it and I can move on. But without the processing, without looking to the past, you're not free in the present. And you can't chart the best future moving forward. So I don't agree with people who say, don't, you know, be careful. There's quicksand back there. You look back or you take a trip back to look at your past. You know what's going to happen. You're going to drown in quicksand. 
You're going to get stuck in the past. No one gets stuck in the past. The only way to get stuck in the past is by not looking at it and understanding it. That's when your footing gets very firm and you're able to move forward much more powerfully. I always, not always, but frequently I think of uh, Robert Persig, the author. He liked to say, he wrote Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I know, I know, I keep quoting from that book or referencing it. But it's a really powerful book. And he said, listen, people tend to think of the past as behind them. They've got their back to the past. And they're moving forward with clear vision of what's in front of them. He said, it's not true. Really, the way that we live is as though we can't see what's coming up. So we're walking backwards, if you will. So you're walking backwards into the future. Your backs to tomorrow and next month. And you can see as you're walking backwards in the distant past, getting smaller and smaller, all of those years you lived through, all of the events you enjoyed that were wonderful and and also the ones you survived. And as those become more obscure, there's more of a chance that you'll trip and fall because you don't have a firm grasp of the patterns that were put in place by going through those years. So the way to navigate the future and make conscious decisions about what you want in your life is to look back and say, I don't want to be ensnared by tethers that are still tying me to my earliest years or my adolescence or teen years Because it's only by seeing what's tying you down that you're able to then untie those tethers and move forward through free will. That's why I like to say free will is more unusual in the world than we imagine. Uh, A dramatic example or examples, dramatic examples would be the people that I evaluated forensically as a forensic psychiatrist when I was doing that work. And none of their stories were really very mysterious. I know people have great interest in the criminal mind and uh, they want to think a lot. And it's very, you know, it's obviously transfixing, very interesting what, what people did. You know, some of the things they do are very dark. I've never been as interested in what they did as why they did it. And I've never met anyone and I've talked to people, serial killers, I've talked to all, all manner of people who've committed crimes found themselves in harm's way and causing great harm. Uh, there's never been a mystery as to what, what the, the path was that took them into such darkness. And again, I'm not calling them victims and saying, well, because they were beaten by this person or that person as a child, that absolutely meant that this was going to happen. But what I mean is that their free will was less than completely free because they hadn't examined their lives. They were on the run from their own destruction, and therefore they did end up being destructive because they hadn't coped with it, they hadn't understood it, they hadn't internalized it, they hadn't freed themselves from it in order to become loving, generative rather than destructive. 
It doesn't have to be as dramatic an example as that. Again, it can be in relationships. It can be that someone who would be a great entrepreneur, who has wonderful creative ideas, never takes the step because someone 40, 30, 20 years ago in the family tried that and became family lore because they lost everything. You know, if you're told at 9 or 10 or 11 years old about some uncle who tried to start a business, he was the only one in the family out of three brothers or three siblings who started a business and went out on his own and, and he crashed and burned. And the two other siblings, your dad, let's say, and his sister had nice jobs, continued to do well. Not the fellow who tried to start things who was described, let's say, by your dad as arrogant. You may store that away at 9 or 10 or 11 years old and not even remember it. It's unconscious. But the lesson, because it's unconscious, becomes like a straitjacket. The lesson doesn't allow you to flex your entrepreneurial creative musculature and choose to be bold and to start your own business, let's say, because encoded in your emotional DNA is this iconic story. It doesn't take much, I'll tell you. Uh, if you sit with someone who really um, analyzes, not in psychoanalysis, but really who analyzes your life history with you and hears the story of why you find it anxiety-provoking to start your own business, and then asks the next question and the next question about, well, who in your family had a business? Well, nobody. My dad didn't. My mom, my mom and dad both had jobs. His brother and sister. Well, well, wait a sec. No, there was a brother. My uncle did very poorly uh, and never could put anything together. Uh, wasn't able to pay his bills. My dad had to bail him out. I'm just using this as an example. I'm making it up. Right? But you can forget all that. And until someone asks you, and what were you told about that? Well, I was told that it's very unsafe. You shouldn't get ahead of yourself. You shouldn't be so arrogant as to think you're going to start your own thing. People, believe it or not, they forget that. And then they are hostage to it until they go back. And as I said, metaphorically, they read the early chapters of their life stories and then they're free to move ahead without being constrained by the past in that way. Now, how do you do this kind of reasoning? Well, first of all, doing it alone is profoundly difficult. Getting counseling, getting life coaching, getting uh, psychological help to do it is the gold standard. That's just the truth. But also... I think one of the ways that we can prepare ourselves for this kind of reasoning is instead of thinking about all of our strengths and wonderful talents and the things that bring us great enjoyment, and those are nice things to think about, but instead of thinking about those preferentially at all times and avoiding the trouble spots, it helps to hone in on things that were difficult in your upbringing, things that you had to survive, um, fears that you have. Because by the way, 
so many of them are irrational because they were based on messaging that had nothing to do with you but had to do with other people. And that can constrain you your whole life if you don't decipher the code. This is like the mystery of your existence. Again, people get all, you know, I don't know what, they get all freaked out thinking, oh God, therapy, I got to look at the past. Shouldn't I just move forward? Just think of it as a mystery. You're trying to solve the mystery of you. Very few of us are 100% of what we could be. In fact, I haven't met that person yet, so maybe none of us are. Um, It's a constant improvement process, if you will. But if you think of it as a mystery, going looking for the next 20% of yourself. Let's say you decide, as I advise on my website, uh, paintopower.com, I say, go find the missing 20% of yourself. You know why it's missing? It's missing, generally speaking, because of artificial constraints that you absorbed due to family lore or the experiences of going to school and feedback you got in one or another class or from your classmates or um, painful events in your life, loss, uh, irrational conclusions you may have made or come to about whether you can trust that people will be there for you. Because again, all of these things from childhood, adolescence, and young adulthood are magnified. They're magnified and then buried. So when you dig them up, it's a paper tiger, by the way. Everyone's worried. They're worried, first of all, that they'll get lost in the past. They're worried they'll drown in quicksand. And they're afraid that they're afraid Uh, that somehow they'll be overwhelmed, they'll be overwhelmed by the past, that revisiting some of the pain, anxiety, or disappointment of the past will hamstring them, and they'll never be able to get free, like it's a web you get caught in. Total paper tiger, it's never true. I want to tell you that. If you take nothing else from this podcast, nothing else from pain to power entirely, it's that this idea that by looking at the past, you'll be overwhelmed by it, is a paper tiger. Never does that happen. Not once. Always, when you journey into the past, you uncover certain treasures that you can then use as fuel for the future. Because what you do is you unburden yourself of this Morse code, if you will, or other language that's playing deep in your mind. You get to decipher that. You translate it and you say, well, wait a second. I've been operating under the assumption that starting my own business or starting a family or getting out of uh, a business and quitting or uh, embracing the arts or being a teacher and not making as much money as you might make in some other career. This is all so dangerous. Well, why did you think that? Let's test the conclusions that you have come to that are limiting you. And again, they're limiting you because everything that occurs early on that you don't think about and bury gets magnified. It doesn't get buried. These things wreck havoc underground. The things you bury control you. Dig them up, they no longer control you. 
And that's what we want. We want clear vision moving forward. That's the pain to power formula. It's true for individuals and it's true historically. That's why the study of history in an accurate way is so important. You know the saying, those who don't understand history are condemned to repeat it. Well, right, because that's the exact same postulate that we're talking about. If you study history and you know it and you know where America has hit difficulty or has met with hurdles or has uh, had to emerge from economic disaster or has lost its way in terms of individual freedoms or risked those freedoms or other countries have, then you're able to avoid the same calamity going forward, but not if you refuse to look at the difficulties and just pretend that they don't exist. So for anybody listening to this, and I hope that's a lot of people, because really my purpose here in Pain to Power, my purpose on the planet is to tell you that your potential is inborn, God-given. Your birthright is to express all your gifts But many of those gifts can be constrained by an unwillingness to look at the way in which you came to adulthood. And where do you find the keys to deciphering what has been kept from you, that extra power, the the other four cylinders of your 12-cylinder engine that just can't seem to get started? can't seem to fuel forward momentum, where do you find it? You find it in the difficulties you encountered, not the big wins you experienced in life, but the difficulties you survived, lived through, overcame. But fully overcoming them so often means going back and finding out what myths were born during those times. Because the truth is about how powerful you are. It's about how resilient you can be. It's about how many comebacks you're allowed in life, which is a lot, maybe infinite. Rebirth is the best metaphor for for you as an individual and for mankind in general. Resurrection. But in order to do that, you have to be willing to look back, not just forward. Because what's coming up from behind you can overwhelm you, right? Think about that. What's coming up from behind can eclipse your vision in the future. So look behind you, understand it, know your backstory, and then you can chart the most powerful path forward imaginable. And you deserve that. Because your story matters and we're all counting on you to actualize it. Self-actualization is really important, just elementally, in terms of you becoming you. What could be more important? But it's not just important to you. It's important to all of us. We need your talents. We need your insights. We need your creativity and your courage. Go get them. Thanks for joining another edition of Pain to Power. 
the ultimate podcast. Why? Because we don't settle for these uncertain times making us uncertain people. Pain to power is meant to make you stronger and stronger as an individual. You want to get even stronger? Visit www.pain-power.com. Pain2power.com, but it's the number two, not the letters. Uh, and don't forget the hyphens, pain-2-power.com. Or email me if you want to work with me directly as a life coach, one-to-one. We'll do it together. Email me at info at keithablo.com or call 978-462-1125. And the lovely Tiffany will book your appointment. Thanks so much. Talk to you again real soon.